Our text for the sermon this evening is Hebrews 11, verse 21. We read that first and then turn back to Genesis chapter 48. Hebrews 11, 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. We turn now back to Genesis chapter 48, which records the historical account of Jacob giving that blessing to the sons of Joseph. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue which thou begettest after them shall be thine, and they shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Paddan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, and there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath. And I buried her there, her there in the way of Ephrath, the same as Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them, and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God has showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, 
bless the lads. And let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a great people, become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die. But God shall be with you, and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. Thus where we read the holy and inerrant word of God. May God add his blessing upon the reading of his holy scriptures. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not immediately evident upon a quick reading of the text, Hebrews 11, verse 21, why this activity of Jacob blessing the two sons of Joseph is counted as an act of faith on behalf of Jacob. In fact, if we were to call to mind the life of Jacob, we might be inclined to think that there are other actions that Jacob performed throughout his lifetime, which would be a more suitable thing to recount in Hebrews chapter 11 as an act of faith. Perhaps we'd call attention to him being the father conceiving the 12 sons, which 12 sons would then become the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. Perhaps we would call attention to his dream, the dream of the angels ascending and descending the ladder into heaven or other activities in the life of Jacob that we would point to as an act of faith. And yet the writer of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, calls attention only to this one event in the life of Jacob. The previous verse dealt with Isaac. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 
This verse speaks of Jacob. The following verse, verse 21, speaks of Joseph. And of the one verse that is devoted unto the life of Jacob, the one thing that the inspired writer calls attention to is Jacob in his old age blessing both of the sons of Joseph. So why? Why of all of the events in Jacob's life is the writer of Hebrews call this activity to our attention. Jacob's blessing upon Joseph's sons. So pray that God give us wisdom as we go through this sermon to see why. That this was not simply a side event in the life of Jacob, but that Jacob was functioning here as king over the promised land of Canaan. Jacob's blessing upon Joseph's sons. First, we'll ask who. Second, when. Third, how. Who, when, and how. As we consider this question, who, we're asking now, who received the blessing? We may say here, as we look at Hebrews 11, verse 21, that really there are two different groups, that re, groups of persons that receive blessings. And these two different groups of persons that receive blessings, we look at here in the first point. It is clear that Joseph's sons were blessed in this. But we save that for the second half of the first point. Before we look at the fact that the sons were blessed, what we must observe here is that the father of these sons was blessed. Joseph was blessed by his father Jacob. Now let's take a moment to defend that statement here that Joseph was blessed. We defend it because the truth is that's not how this text reads. The text doesn't say Jacob when he was dying blessed Joseph, but the text says Jacob when he was dying blessed both the sons of Joseph, the sons of Joseph. And yet we do maintain that Joseph was blessed in this. Why? Calling attention here to Joseph being blessed. Well, we do so in the first place because of the relationship that, the father, that, that, that Joseph had with the recipients of his father's blessing. The ones being blessed were Joseph's sons. And Joseph loved those sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And certainly Joseph's heart would have swelled with gratitude as his own covenant sons received the blessing. Further, we may speak of Joseph receiving a blessing here because of the language that's used in this verse. It doesn't say here, that Jacob, when he was dying, blessed 
Manasseh, and Ephraim. So it could have said that. But the, the writer says, bless both the sons of Joseph. So it's clear that Joseph stands on the foreground here. And then, if there's any doubt yet that Joseph was blessed in this, the Word of God tells us that in Genesis. Genesis 48, verse 15. And he, Jacob, blessed Joseph. He's taken the two sons of Joseph right in front of them. He's placed his hands upon Ephraim and Manasseh. And as he's pronouncing these words, verse 15, and he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, and so on, bless the lads. And so it's evident that as this blessing was pronounced upon the sons of Joseph, that the father, Joseph himself, was blessed in this. Which then raises the question, well, why out of all of the sons that, Joseph, or that Jacob had, why did he single out Joseph and Joseph's sons? And why is it that two of Joseph's sons would receive this blessing? The reality is that the fact that two of Joseph's sons received this blessing means that Joseph was receiving the birthright blessing. According to the Old Testament traditions, the eldest son would receive a double portion of the father's blessing. And so the fact that Jacob is pronouncing a double blessing upon Joseph that not just one of Joseph's sons, but two of Joseph's sons are being blessed, means that Joseph is receiving here the birthright blessing. But why? This cannot be a case simply of favoritism. That may be the first thought that pops up in our mind. Earlier in life, it is true, Joseph was the favored son of Jacob. The children remember Joseph being given that coat of many colors, and then the envy that the other brothers had of Joseph because he was the father's favored son. And yet we insist it cannot simply be a case of old favoritism rearing its head once again in the life of Jacob. We know that it can't be favoritism because the Word of God tells us that Jacob blessed both of Joseph's sons as an activity of faith. Hebrews 11.21, by faith, Jacob when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. If it were simply that Jacob had selected his favorite son and according to his selfish and carnal desires, 
wanted this favored son to receive a double portion, then it would have said that in sin, Jacob gave a double portion unto Joseph. But it doesn't. It says in faith. This is an activity of submission unto the will and counsel of God, where here Joseph receives this double blessing. So why Joseph? The firstborn son was Reuben. And so really, ought to have been, you would think, Reuben, who had two of his sons blessed, and not two of Joseph's sons. The Word of God helps us to understand. 1 Chronicles 5 gives unto us the explanation why Reuben did not receive the double blessing. 1 Chronicles 5, we read here verses 1 and 2. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. Why did not Reuben receive the double blessing? Because of a gross and evil sin that he committed because he defiled, according to 1 Chronicles 5, verse 1, his father's bed. He slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah. And because he slept with his father's concubine, the birthright blessing was stripped from him and was to be given then to the firstborn son of his second wife. His first wife, Leah, the oldest son was Reuben. His second wife, Rachel, the oldest son was Joseph. That's why Joseph had Two, not one, of his sons blessed. And that's why the writer of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Spirit, says that this is an act of faith on behalf of Jacob. Jacob could not, in good conscience, give the double blessing unto the two oldest sons of Reuben. There is justice that is to be executed, that is to be stood for as he is giving this blessing. And the justice of God demanded 
that Reuben be passed over and that the birthright blessing be given then to the firstborn son of his second wife. God does not bless the evildoer, but God blesses the upright. And as Joseph had walked throughout his earthly pilgrimage, he demonstrated time and time again that he was an upright and a faithful man. And so it is then, as Jesus says in Matthew 20, verse 16, the last shall be first, and the first last. Who are we to criticize what God gives unto us? If God gives unto us but a small portion, whether on this earth or in the land of heaven, the promised land, who are we to criticize his counsel? By faith, Jacob, acting as king over the promised land of Canaan, gave a double portion to the family of Joseph. But then the word of God emphasizes this as well, that it was Joseph's sons who received the blessing. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. And again, we ask the question, why Joseph's sons? The reality is the sons of Joseph were an unlikely choice to be the recipients of these blessings. They were an unlikely choice because of where Joseph's sons had been born. They had been born not in the promised land of Canaan, but they had been born in Egypt. And they had been raised as little Egyptian boys. Their father, Joseph, had dwelt in the land of Egypt for a number of years now. Joseph had risen through the ranks in Egypt and had, had now been promoted to a position of great power. He's a chief ruler in the land of Egypt. So much does Joseph live as an Egyptian that the scriptures tell us that an Egyptian name was given unto Joseph. He is called Zaphnath Paaniah. That is to say, the revealer of secrets. And then Joseph, as a high-ranking official in the land of Egypt, has taken unto himself an Egyptian wife. He married Asenath. Asenath was a daughter of the prince or priest of An in the land of Egypt. And so these two boys, these lads, Manasseh and Ephraim, grew up with a mother who was a born and raised Egyptian, a father who is a high-ranking official in the land of Egypt and who even has received an Egyptian name. And so these boys, Manasseh and Ephraim, then were inundated with 
the Egyptian culture. They grew up speaking the Egyptian language, delighting in the culture that the Egyptians had to afford unto them. Canaan, the promised land, was this foreign and distant land unto them. Now, it's not that these young boys would have known nothing about Canaan. It's not to say that these young boys would not have been instructed about Jehovah God and the promises that Jehovah had made unto Abraham, to Isaac, and unto Jacob. Certainly, we believe, Joseph as a faithful covenant father would have instructed his children about the fear and knowledge of Jehovah God. But that doesn't take away from the fact that these boys were born and raised in Egypt. From every outward appearance, these boys were Egyptians. And now Joseph, takes these Egyptian boys and brings them into the presence of his Hebrew father, Jacob. Now, how is Jacob going to respond being confronted by these boys of Egypt? Genesis 48, verse 5. Jacob says, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. What a comfort this was unto Joseph to hear his father say of his Egyptian-born and raised sons, they are mine. I take them, I receive them into my family. How close of a relationship am I, to, am I to have with these sons, these grandsons? So close of a relationship that there is no distinction between the relationship I have with my natural-born sons, with Reuben and Simeon, as the relationship that I have with these two grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. They are And now you can begin to understand why the writer of Hebrews says that this was an activity of faith as he blessed the two sons of Joseph. He did not reject these sons. He did not say, well, because these sons were born in a foreign land, and because these sons resemble outwardly the Egyptians and speak the language of the Egyptians, I'm going to reserve my blessings for the sons that more closely resemble me, that speak the Hebrew tongue. No, by faith, he blessed both the sons of Joseph. 
And this teaches us, does it not, about who is our family? Who is your true family? The true family is not determined simply by blood, by who shares the same lineage and the same last name. But the family is determined by faith. With the eyes of faith, we see who are our true family members. And with the eyes of faith, Jacob looked upon these two Egyptian lads and said, they're mine and they will receive the blessing. Jesus identified his spiritual family this way. Matthew 12, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand unto his disciples and said, Behold, my mother, and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Or as it is stated more succinctly in the parallel accounts of Luke, Luke 8.21, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. That is your family, beloved, and that is my family. Those who hear the word of God and do it. At times, God in His infinite wisdom is pleased to have our spiritual family, the family of faith, be different than our natural family. At times, God is pleased to have those who are natural-born sons and daughters not be included in that spiritual family, that family of faith. Jacob knew this full well. For Jacob have I loved, but Esau. But who are we to object, to complain, or to criticize when the lines of election and reprobation cut down, even down our natural families? And then by way of encouragement, as long as God has given us a spiritual family, a church wherein we have a name and a place, then the reality is we have family with us. It could be that one is far removed from his physical family, that one has been estranged from his or her physical family. But as long as God has given unto us faith, 
as long as God has given unto us membership in the church of Jesus Christ, then we look around with the eyes of faith, overlooking cultural and natural differences and distinctions, and we say with the patriarch Jacob, these are mine. By faith, Jacob was the sons of Joseph. Now it adds a whole other level of depth to this blessing that Jacob pronounced upon these two sons is the time in which Jacob gave this blessing. Hebrews emphasizes that he gave this blessing when he was old. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Quite a figure that the scripture gives unto us here. Here's this aged man, Joseph, Jacob. He has become so weak that he knows that his pilgrimage upon this earth is not going to last much longer. He said so in Genesis chapter 47. 47 verse 29, And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph unto him and then asked Joseph to take his body out of Egypt and bury his body in the land of Canaan. And then Genesis chapter 48 tells us that Jacob now is sick. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. So not only is he aged, but now he has this illness that is afflicting him. So ill is he that he's confined to his bed. It is only with utmost striving that he can strengthen his legs enough and lean heavily upon the top of his staff in order momentarily to get out of his bed and to pronounce this blessing upon the two sons of Joseph. But now, how is Jacob in his aged state going to respond to the fact that he is old and even dying. The devil was not unaware of the fact that Jacob was an aged man. And the devil, sensing that this man was aged, would have worked extra hard to tempt him, to lead him to become bitter and angry about his lot in life. According to Jacob's own confession, his life on this earth was short. Few and evil have the days of my life been, he testified. Evil was my life. Here this aged man on his bed reflects back on how sinful his life was. How he had sinned against his father, deceived his father to receive the birthright blessing. How he had sinned against his brother Esau and cheated his brother Esau out of the blessing. 
few and evil have the days of my life been. Certainly the devil in this situation would have been tempting Jacob to turn against God. It is the besetting sin of elderly saints, oftentimes elderly men, that they become bitter and angry about their lot in life. That they look back over the years that they have lived and they see that their earthly pilgrimage has been marked with troubles, with sorrows, with disappointments, with emptiness. And then they begin to wonder why. Why did God even put me upon this earth? Why does God still have me upon this earth? And it's not just aged men who can become bitter about their lots in life. It's anyone who for any length of time has had to endure a trial, a burden. And the devil uses that to start to work bitterness in their hearts. How will Jacob respond when he's on his bed, aged, sick, and can only stand up while leaning heavily upon the top of his staff. The response of Jacob is one of faith. Jacob maintained his trust in God, and that trust in God was evidenced by the fact that even at this late stage in life, he pronounced the blessing upon the two sons of Joseph. Instead of becoming an angry man who wanted nothing to do with fellowship with his sons or with his grandchildren, he welcomed these two grandchildren into his life. He stood up leaning upon the edge of his staff and he reached out his hands and he blessed the two sons of Joseph. What God gives unto us here in Jacob is evidence of a saint who is persevering even unto the end of his life. On his deathbed, he still held fast to the word of God concerning the possession of the promised land. And so as God gives unto us this evening then the example of Jacob, who did not become angry and bitter at the end of his life, but who used the final days of his earthly pilgrimage to bless his grandchildren and his children. May God use that example to encourage us unto perseverance and unto faithfulness in our Christian walk. This quote was shared with me earlier this week. 
It's from Charles Spurgeon. Perseverance is the badge of true saints. The Christian life is not a beginning only in the ways of God, but also a continuance in the same as long as life lasts. Satan will make many a fierce attack on your perseverance. It will be the mark for all his arrows. He will strive to hinder you in service. He will insinuate that you are doing no good. Or he will attack your steadfastness. What is the good of being so zealous? Be quiet like the rest. Sleep as do others. And let your lamp go out as the virgins do. But Christians, wear your shield. Close upon your armor and cry mightily unto God that by his spirit you may endure to the end. Observe how Father Jacob up until the end of his life, walked not by sight, but by faith. Genesis 48, verse 21. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your father. The only explanation of how Jacob could pronounce this blessing is faith. Faith worked in his heart by the operation of the Spirit of God. Faith which clung to the promises of the covenant-keeping God strengthened him so that he could rise up off of his bed and pronounce the blessing upon the two sons of Joseph. By faith, he reached out to bless these sons. By faith, he knew that he must cross his arms when the sons were put in front of him. By faith, Though his eyesight was dim, and he could hardly tell which son was which, he knew that the greater blessing had to be given to the younger son, Ephraim, and the lesser blessing had to be given to the older son, Manasseh. By faith, when Joseph tried to correct his father and tried to reverse his arms, so that the older son would receive the greater blessing instead of the younger son. Jacob insisted, no, it must be this way. By faith, before he passed away into the promised land of heaven, he gave the blessing unto these two sons. Faith always clings to rests upon and is confident in the Word of God. 
And that is precisely what strengthened Jacob so that Jacob had the ability to pronounce these blessings upon his two grandsons. He had the Word of God that lived in his heart. He expressed unto Joseph that Word of God at the outset of Joseph coming unto him to receive the blessing. Genesis 48, verse 3, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. Faith. Faith in God compelled him to worship God even while he pronounced this blessing upon the two sons of Joseph. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Pronouncing this blessing upon the sons was an act of worship in Jehovah God. It was an activity that exalted the name of God. Why so? Because Jacob understood that the blessing that he was bequeathing to these two sons of Joseph was not his own blessing, was not a blessing that had its origin and its source in himself, but Jacob understood that the blessing that he was pronouncing upon these sons was a blessing that had a heavenly and a divine source. It was a blessing that came from God Himself. God was the one who would give unto Ephraim and unto Manasseh this blessing. And God was the one who later on would open up that land of Canaan, the promised land, so that the tribes could come in and receive that promised land of rest. And Jacob understood this, that it wasn't of himself that these sons were receiving this blessing, but it was God Almighty bestowing in grace and in love this blessing. Verse 15, And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. And let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. God. The God of my fathers. He is the one who blesses these lads. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. This angel had appeared repeatedly unto Jacob throughout his lifetime this angel 
is none other than an Old Testament pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. The angel who redeemed me. Jesus, who has redeemed you, who shed His blood at Calvary for you, who covers your sins with His finished work. Bless you and all of His children. And may God, for Jesus' sake, be worshipped. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, the God who does keep thy covenant, who has kept it with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his sons, that thou continue to preserve us in thy covenant and cause the light of thy countenance to shine down upon us. May we cling to the promise of thy word that thou hast in store for us a promised land and that through Jesus Christ, who is the door, we have ready entrance into that land. Forgive our sins and send us home with thy blessing. For Jesus' sake we pray this. Amen.